0: Welcome to the Beastified Podcast, we're your hosts, I'm Chris Hopper, and I'm Dan Harrison. This is a show dedicated to inspiring you to treat your body and mind the way it should be treated. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset, and spirituality. Our intention is to fuse and unlock the conscious warrior within, and shift the balance in the current
1: paradigm. Deep and often intense, these conversations are released every Wednesday and are designed to inspire, educate, motivate and encourage you to discover, uncover, unlock and unleash your potential.
0: In this episode of the Beastified Podcast, we're joined by Amy Clover. Amy struggled with a lot of the demons in her life and when life and external circumstances take over, it's an overwhelming experience, an experience which nearly drove Amy to take her own life, but with her new incredible mindset, has wholeheartedly found the strength within to create a place of peace and betterment. Join us and find the strength in character which Amy has found. Hope you enjoy this episode and become stronger than your struggle, fully living every moment of your extraordinary life, and harness this new powerful sense of existence. To create positive action to keep moving forward stronger.
1: So, Amy, I'd just like to say welcome to the Beast of Five podcast. Pleasure to have you here today. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Amy, I think this is going to be one of those deep podcasts, but a podcast that highlights both sides of the equation. So maybe a good way to start this will be for you to tell listeners of your story and a bit about your battles with depression.
2: Sure, sure. So my story revolves around, um, I always kind of knew that I was a loner kid or a weird kid, um, but I didn't really know exactly how different I was until in high school I was diagnosed with clinical depression and obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. Um, and what those are, clinical depression hits sometimes with triggers, sometimes without, uh, so sometimes it just hits you without anything leading up to it and you just feel like getting out of bed is the most daunting task ever. So that's what clinical depression feels like. And obsessive compulsive disorder feels like, um, for instance, one of my behaviors was when I was walking down the hallways in high school, I felt like I had to touch a certain amount of lockers. And if I didn't, it would feel like something horrible would happen to my family, it would be all my fault. So all of this pressure on already a pressure-filled time um, that was high school, and then I didn't know how to deal with all these emotions. Um, I was kind of told to suck it up. A lot of the people around me didn't believe that OCD was a real thing, they thought I was trying to get attention. And so I did suck it up. I completely sucked it down. I pushed it down and it started to make me react in different ways like rebelling out in the middle of class. Um, I became you know, like a punk rock raver kid and started mm-hmm. doing drugs and alcohol and wrong kinds of relationships. And it just spiraled down and down and down for a number of years until one point in um, my early 20s, I just felt like I couldn't handle it anymore. It had gotten to such a bad point and I was so beaten down that I thought, what is the point of fighting anymore? So I was hospitalized for trying to take my own life. And it was in that hospital where I realized every... Choice was actually stripped from me in that hospital. I had no choice when I was going to wake up. I had no choice whether I was going to take medication or even knowing what it was. I had no choice, you know, when I was going to shower by myself, those kinds of things. So mm. experiencing that made me so grateful and made me realize that I had all these choices to at least try in my real life that I hadn't been taking advantage of. So these people told me that I had this life sentence of clinical depression and OCD. But I hadn't tried for myself to try to make something of my life anyways. Um, so that's what I did. And it took a number of years after I got out of that hospital to really get myself to a point where I could um, – feel like I was fully living my life and feel stable and stronger and confident in my recovery but it happened and a large part of that was fitness for me so that's mm-hmm. where I came with, up with strong inside out which is my site which is where we help people become stronger than their struggle through fitness and positive action.
0: Mm-hmm. Amy you mentioned you found fitness had fitness been a part of your life before or did you just seek it out?
2: Uh no, it was not at all. I was <laughs> I was kind of the opposite because I was I was kind of like the the part of the weird kid crowd um so a lot of the people who made fun of us were into sports and that kind of stuff and it just really turned it off for us uh or for me personally all i can do is speak from my personal experience but i i thought that sports were stupid i thought if i did sports maybe i'd become a um you know a mean person um so i avoided it for a long time until i finally um You know, I was doing acting in LA and I thought since I wasn't a size double zero that I was, um, too fat. So I had to start losing weight. And so I found it by accident. Um, I started working out and the more consistent I became with my workouts, the more I realized I was able to hold on to the tactics that I was learning with my therapist in our therapy sessions beyond the therapy sessions, the more consistent I got with workouts in the gym. Um, I was able to handle stress a lot better and Mm. I do something, um, that a lot a lot of people are starting to use now is which is uh, using affirmations while I work out and those affirmations started following me beyond the workout itself as well.
1: Mhm. Amy, do you think that the key is maybe find a certain style of training or something that you enjoy and maybe keep searching out for something that you love?
2: Yeah, definitely because I've definitely found a lot of um, a lot of workouts that are not for me. <laughs> and I think yeah. you have to find something that um, you really do love to do, or at least in the beginning, don't hate to do. So that there's a difference there, because in the beginning, everything's going to feel hard, and that's okay. The fact that you're there at all is a victory. So let yourself celebrate that. It doesn't have to be perfect from the very beginning. Like Mm -hmm. somebody said, I'm not sure who, you can't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 12, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm. So, Amy, how can someone really take that first step?
2: It all begins with just taking it. uh, So one thing, I'm really glad you asked that question, because a lot of us who struggle with depression or clinical depression or any kind of mental illness like that, it's really difficult to um, not think about the whole picture and everything you're going to have to do for the rest of your life to be fit. Mm -hmm. So you can really get distracted and overwhelmed with all of that, uh, especially when we get so easily overwhelmed with mental illness. So I believe that just taking it one day at a time And just starting with, I'm going to do 10 minutes of movement today, whether that means walking outside, whether that means marching in place, even if you have to divide it into two separate five minute bouts of marching in place, that's more than you did yesterday. So really allowing yourself to celebrate every victory, even if it's not a bajillion burpees, you know, it doesn't have to be like that in order to benefit your body and your brain.
1: I loved how you said sort of just small wins because I think that's the main important thing is just the challenge is really just taking that first step and I think the big thing for me what I've seen is what works for many people is just getting something done in the morning and it really like get that feeling in the morning where maybe like setting a block of time in the morning where you get a little bit up a little bit earlier and make time, set some goals, set some intentions for the day, and I, f- I find that's a good tactic.
2: Yeah, definitely, and that's that's a great thing to note too. Is if you have trouble doing that, sometimes mm-hmm. it's helped me before just to write down one goal for the day, and sometimes yeah. that was just getting out of bed. So mm-hmm. just something like that, and really allowing yourself to celebrate wins like that.
0: Yeah, like I've found the same as well. I've always found an, a morning routine with meditation helps me have an organized, relaxed mind, mm-hmm. which steadies me in the right direction for the day.
2: Yes, totally. <laughs> I'm with you on that one too,
0: mm.
1: Amy. How do you empower yourself daily so that you don't fall back into the same trap?
2: I think it's. Um, I I'm very fortunate and grateful to have gotten to a point where I no longer fear that uh, and. Mm-hmm let me make it very clear too, since mine is clinical depression, it still does hit me. It's a chemical imbalance that happens in my brain. And sometimes it happens for no reason. Sometimes it happens for a very small reason. And I've learned how to be okay with not being okay, if that makes sense. When that depression hits, just being like, okay, just talking to it lovingly. You know, I like to play with a little bit of externalization because it helps to remind me that the depression is not you know, me at my core so that I don't feel like it's something wrong with me or that it's like a fault of mine. Um, it helps me to externalize it, to think of something else that's affecting me because it helps me to take action um, for it, if that makes sense. i rambled a little bit there, but something mm-hmm. that helps me em- empower myself daily is um very much like you said it was uh the meditation really does help me really grounding myself first thing in the morning i do that right after i go to the bathroom i sit on my meditation pillow and i just get still and Mm -hmm. i try to connect with i don't know just like the universe life force within me kind of all that woo stuff i'm very woo so whatever (laughs) you connect with connect with that
0: yeah like amy for a lot of people though it could be horrible to switch back into those negative patterns which could lead to more destructive destructive actions later on, but identifying them early, early really gives you the power of your own mind, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you mean in your meditation?
0: Uh, no, like in um, understanding the negative patterns mm. which uh, yeah, which already happen. Yeah,
2: you're, and you're identifying right. them early. Yeah, mm. and becoming aware awareness is one of the, is the very first step and that on its own is a victory as well. Let's just have that be the theme of today. Small wins, victories are, you know, there are no small wins. They're all victories.
0: Yeah, I like that. We'll put that in the show notes <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, Amy, do you think fear is the main factor behind people's resistance to change?
2: Ah, uh, Yes, I think as a general statement, fear is definitely what separates us from our core being, which in my belief is love. And getting back to that place, we have to really become aware, just like you said, of that fear and the fact that it's not necessarily us, it's not our fault that we have that fear, it's things that we've learned from our upbringing, from our past, from everything. And just getting back to that state of love is going to take loving yourself through that fear as well. I'm really glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah. Mm. like I've I've always believed that people need an understanding of fear and, and view it as an obstacle so they could fully see the challenge in its true form, mm. so you can identify what you need to face. Because I believe that the unknown is what scares us the most. Yes.
2: Yeah, that's really well said. Beautiful.
0: Mm. Amy, I wanted to talk a bit about the role of medication in fighting depression. And I was wondering, did you completely turn your back on medication?
2: No, I'm so, so glad you asked me that, because I get that asked that a lot in interviews. And um, mm. I, I personally believe that medication is a completely personal path. So it's completely up to you. So for me, and my experience, I would not, I felt like it was way too overwhelming to say, do daily tasks in the very beginning. So my clinical depression and OCD had gotten so bad that considering going to the grocery store was a huge feat. So for me, finding that medication that helped me get to the foundation from which I could change was crucial for me and it might be for you, it might not be for you. I've gotten to a point since with my consistent exercise, My I still go to therapy regularly, I still visit support groups regularly. With all of that support in my life and with all of these outlets that I have now, I find that I don't need medication anymore but I, I have never completely turned my back on it, No.
1: Mm -hmm. That was great inside. Mm. Amy, I think a big thing is that we can can cure and treat and prevent almost every disease out there with diet and exercise. Mm. I think that includes both physical and mental illnesses. But for me, I think a lot of people don't think about exercise, about changing the brain. People just associate exercise with trying to look good, in my opinion. And I think a big thing, that area that people forget about is the mental side of things, and what movement and exercise is actually doing for our brain. But I don't think that People have, have all, like, you don't need all this incredible knowledge to see what moving your body can do for your mental side. But I just wanted to see what, what are your thoughts on, what is a mental, mental thing going on when you work out and when you push yourself?
2: Well, it's, there's a whole bunch of things going on and I, I do want to backtrack a little bit to, um, the prevention part of things because sometimes I, I just, I want to take, responsibility here as a person speaking with mental illness. Sometimes it just happens to us and that's okay. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not, not anything that you're not doing. Sometimes you're born with it. Sometimes right. it's just there, but it doesn't mean that your life has to be ruled by it. And that's where exercise comes in. That's where the positive action comes in. You you can make choices in your life that will lead you to a fulfilling life. So um, I'm glad you said that. Um, and Also, there's a whole bunch of things that happen with exercise that make it, uh, that are proven to actually alleviate depression and anxiety. Like, um, it actually helps you, uh, build new neurons in your brain. It helps you, um, it helps prove to yourself, um, that you're capable. So you have more confidence in your daily life. There are just a whole bunch of scientifically proven reasons. And there's, um, there's a post on my site called Run It Out. If you just go Mm -hmm. to stronginsideout.com slash um, run it out I believe or just search on it I don't remember the URL but if you go to that there's a whole bunch of scientific um, stuff that you can read if you're a data nerd like I am
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think I think that exercise certainly elevates the brain and I think as well that there's many studies out there like showing constant exercise has been shown to produce general improvements in mood self-esteem mm-hmm. in many individuals but a cool study as well that I came across actually showed that by exercising can alter your gene expression in your brain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's amazing because I think that's something that I've always felt inside. But it's just great that more of these studies are now out, more studies are out there now. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, that is amazing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. When You you mentioned before about the benefits of just pushing yourself and how that can be a big factor. I think that when you're really pushing yourself in the gym, you're essentially training yourself for real life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You You push yourself to the edge of discomfort. And then you have that feeling of success because you've went beyond it.
2: Yes. That's what I always say in my classes too. If you can push yourself past that physical discomfort, imagine what you can do with all the emotional stuff as well. You're basically teaching your body that you are fully capable of dealing with discomfort. And I think that's something that we learn in today's society with all, you know, our magic. Uh, pills and like easy services and all of these wonderful things that we've come to build with technology where we kind of learn that we don't have to deal with discomfort at all. And it is a little Mm -hmm. bit detrimental for us. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Amy, how can um, someone empower themselves and keep pushing forward?
2: Um, I think it totally depends on the personal situation, you know, and I, I think it all comes down to really just rooting back into that love for yourself and the fact that you are completely yeah. worthy as you are right now of what you want and fully believing that and, and getting support in your life that is conducive to that. So one of my most controversial posts on my site is Fire Your Friends. Um, and it's about, really being selective about the people you surround yourself with um, because that was a major point, um, a turning point in my life when I decided to um, cut off some friendships and just fuel my positive friendships that I felt really encouraged and supported from. Um, And it's something you might consider too.
0: Yeah, it's like you need to understand that past friends might have other interests for you, Mm -hmm. which is not true to you, who you are. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm yeah like
0: like as well i think it's i think it's all about helping you empower yourself like you need to find something you want to get uncomfortable about Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and like for so long we've all made things easier Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but we're starting to discover that in order for success we need challenge we need some level of discomfort in order to reach that level of success in the mind and body Mm -hmm. and like when you're not doing something like when you're doing something like weightlifting you have to ask yourself like can I lift this or not? Mm-hmm. And then there's that split second of being unsure, maybe a bit uncomfortable, but then you assess the risk and you push yourself just a tiny bit further. And in my eyes, that's the key to success.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think
0: I think that's the same in life as well. Like you're constantly pushing yourself out of your boundaries to become something a lot stronger.
2: Yeah, yeah. And also taking the time too, like that's, I mean, I love that. I'm such a change junkie. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's really important too to, to like, just remember to lay back and just enjoy what you have built for yourself already too. Um, Because I I feel like uh, there's this thing that's happening too with the positivity um, element of today's world and we're really focused on change, which is so wonderful. And I think it's really important to also honor what you've created and take like, maybe even schedule a day a week where you just sit down and say like I, I have created this, and I'm just going to enjoy it today, and not worry about pushing, pushing, pushing right now, and just enjoy it.
0: Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Amy, how do you help someone get out of that dark place?
2: Um. Hmm. That's a complete. It depends on the situation, I guess, because I I am a coach and mm-hmm. um, I am a teacher, but um, I think it depends on the situation. But let's say it's from my dark place, the very first thing I would recommend somebody do is anything, (laughs) anything at all. Because just doing one action helps prove to yourself that you're capable of doing that action, just like we talked about before. And it's easier to take that next action. But as far as specifics, I am the hugest fan of therapy you will ever find. I think everyone should have a therapist all the time, no matter what's going on. There's something just completely cathartic and healing about talking out your life and getting clear on your life with somebody who's completely unbiased and, and yes, basically paid to talk to you and help you through this kind of stuff. And it, it just allows me to be fully honest and raw with what's going on with me, which is very, very healing for me.
1: Mm-hmm. I liked how you said just take action and just start now. I think that's so empowering.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: I think as well that we need to like all truly understand that life is tough and we need to accept reality, which is we are all beautiful creatures and we're just incredible human beings with so much to give on this planet.
2: Yes. Word. I'm right there with you with that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think as well when you touched on about the therapist there, it's great for someone else to assess the assess the um, scenario from a different angle other than yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you could be overplaying a situation, they could break it down in with simplest form so you can get the um, answers you really want. Yeah. And you'd be like, wow, wow, that's I didn't I didn't view it from that sense. Yeah. But yes, it's it's incredible, really.
2: Yeah, it's great to get that perspective.
0: Amy how can you change a mindset which is so destructive in its own making to see what potential you have?
2: I think it's a journey. Um, it won't happen overnight, you know, because it's, it's insane for me to think about how negative my mind used to be, how automatically negative my mind used to be. Now, I went through something called cognitive behavioral therapy. And what that basically is summed up is catch it, check it, change it. So you catch your negative thoughts, you become aware, just like we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, and mm-hmm. you check it, check it for evidence, check it for, you know, the truth and that kind of stuff, and then change it by redirecting it into something that's going to serve you. And that is true. Also, that's very important. That is true. You can't just say, it's all sunshine and rainbows and all of that kind of stuff. But um, I I think that the very first step is awareness, um, the awareness of what your Negative thoughts are saying to you the awareness of when those come up um, so that you can and when those negative thoughts come up, those are your, um, are your triggers. Uh, they're mm-hmm. either people, places, things, times of the day, things like that. Anything that could trigger those automatic negative thoughts um, and just becoming really aware so you can actually start doing something about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, I think in your moment of crisis, it's when you need to look, really look inside yourself. And you need to start to understand the present moment. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but it's, it's what you yeah, have, I believe you need to do. And it's where you need to start asking yourself the true questions that matter, is how can I find help? Yes. What, what, is, what is it what I truly want? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't need the results of the outcome, what I'm thinking right now. I need the results of the outcome on how I'm supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. I need to have these positive feelings of self-worth. and that's, And that's hard for a lot of people to actually get into their own mind about the feelings of self-worth. Especially at the lowest moment.
2: Yes, and I think that that's that's a really good point too because feeling better isn't going to feel like ecstatic at the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be like I have a huge smile on my face. Feeling better for you, for me, for instance, uh, feeling better was not feeling like I wanted to end my life anymore. That was like a huge win right there for me. Feeling better mm-hmm. was actually going to work that day. You know, feeling better is on your own scale. It's not necessarily, you know, like um, what a lot of people consider joy to look like.
1: Mm-hmm. Amy, if you had to give someone maybe like three things, maybe three changes someone had to do right away to to live an incredible life, what would you say?
2: Uh, find a therapist, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your struggle is. I think find a therapist or, or a coach of some some form um, Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm like really into personal development like I love personal development I'm always looking to grow um, ever since I started this journey Um, so find a therapist or coach or you know that that person mentor whatever whoever is going to help you grow in the best way uh, you want to be growing Um, set one goal and then when you achieve that goal set one more goal um, and keep it simple That always helps me to not get overwhelmed. And then um, number three, I'm trying to think of something I haven't already said on the podcast today. Let's see. Um, I would say switch it up. Like really, um, whatever you're aiming for, I think Mm -hmm. that really keeping yourself guessing a little bit is great for A, your body when it comes to workouts and things like that, and B, your mind. Because... The more you learn, and the more you conquer those kinds of fears that mm-hmm. that come into your brain when you you feel scared to do something new, the more comfortable you're going to feel at doing more of them. So I think that trying new things is really important on my journey specifically too
0: mm. Amy, you touched on goals there i was I was curious how important was goals in your recovery
2: a uh, very, very important otherwise i didn't a lot of my um A lot of my struggle before I started this healing journey was lack of purpose, Mm -hmm. and with that lack of purpose, I was walking around every day not knowing why I was still walking around every day, and so giving myself one goal was so important because then I had a purpose. I had Even if it was just to show my therapist that I accomplished that one goal, it was something that really helped me have that sense of purpose and have that sense of meaning. And it helped me to develop my own personal goals as I went down the road, too. Um, And I think it's helped me be successful with Strong Inside Out, with my tours that I've done as a teacher, all of those things. I like to to keep it simple and uh, straightforward in that way.
1: Mm. Amy, would you say that finding a purpose is one of the main aspects that people need need to do?
2: Um. I, I'd like to reframe that if I can, because I think that a lot of people who might be listening to this who struggle with depression or another mental illness, finding a purpose seems like a really, really large feat. Um, and it's not necessarily as big as you may think, because mm-hmm. if you're struggling to find your purpose, my definition truly is that your purpose is to be the light you mm-hmm. as whatever lights you up is leading you towards your purpose. So the more that you do to find that, to feel that, that's your purpose. So just follow that, whatever lights you up, or at least whatever doesn't drag you down in the very beginning.
0: Yeah. So you just find the, just at the, in your darkest moment, mm-hmm. just try and find a little bit of a purpose of who you can be. Yeah. Or what brings you, you peace? Yeah, exactly. Like look inside you at that current moment to find it. What is going to be giving me peace?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's, I would love to know if, like, um, when in your moments, Amy, like, did you ever feel like you could reach out to a friend or did you ever feel like you could reach out to a family member if anyone's listening that might need a... Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you asked that too because it was interesting. When I was really going through those really dark days, I would reach out pretty constantly, but I wasn't ready to hear them you know so i i would reach out for support and they were there for me i had some really great support back then as well um but i was so closed off to the things that they said that i was certain that they were just saying it to make me feel better instead of saying the truth and i think that that was really detrimental for me um i think that when you do reach out for support whether that be to a friend or family member or to a crisis line or to a therapist just be receptive um Try to open up as much as you can to the love that that person is giving you to the light that that person is giving you because they have been brought to your life for a reason even if you reached out to them i mm-hmm. I truly believe that anyways you know take it or leave it
1: Amy I was wondering one final question I was wondering what is what sort of legacy would you like to leave in regards to all of this It's for tr- people like the people that follow and keep con- like continuing
2: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: and improve themselves
2: um. I truly believe that I went through all that struggle so that I could be here helping other people get through it and showing people that there is hope to get out. So my mission in life is to bring hope and inspiration to the struggling. So if I can accomplish that um, wow. as I go through the rest of my life, then I'm I'm a happy camper.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, Amy, that's uh, you've certainly transitioned from being the victim in your own mind to now celebrate the fact that you're in control. And that's incredible when you realize that you're now in the driver's seat of your own life.
2: Thank you. And also a part of that, I think, is just releasing control because I can't control a lot of it. And so finally being able to realize that I can't control some of that and that's okay. And just all I can control is the way I react to things that happen to me. I can't control the things that happen to me. But uh, yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that.
0: Oh, that's Perfect. Amy, so on that note, where can people find you and what are you currently working on?
2: Uh, you can find me over at stronginsideout.com. Uh, right now, I'm working on putting together some more live events. So if you'd like to take a uh, mantra-based boot camp class with me, and you can find out all about what that is over on stronginsideout.com slash tour. Um then stay tuned and you can also get a free workout video with me 10 minutes to lift your spirit and your butt over at stronginsideout.com slash one zero m i n 10 min
1: amy thank you so much for joining us today and just keep up your fantastic work keep spreading the word that a better life is possible thank you so much for your great work thank you
2: thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to reach more people
1: no problem thank you
4: But I tell you, there are some times in life where you fall down and you feel like you don't have the strength to get back up.
5: There comes a time when the blank... the blankness of future is so extreme, it is such a black wall of nothingness. Not even of bad things, it's not like there's a cave full of monsters that you're afraid of entering the future, it is just nothingness. The neon, as the French would say, uh, la vide, the, the void, the emptiness. And it is uh, just horrible. It's horrible to contemplate uh, a futureless future, if that isn't too impossible. Um, and so you just want to, to step out of it, to step out of the, 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 the whole race, the whole business, the... The monstrosity of being alive overwhelms you.
4: I thought, what kind of purpose do I have to live? I mean, do you are you just here to live, to die? I mean, is there not a purpose for me? Is there not a purpose in life? And I had questions and no answers. And I asked my mom and dad, why did this happen? I asked doctors, why did this happen? And they, they don't know. There are some things in life that are out of your control that you can't change and you got to live with the choice that we have though is either to give up or keep on going
3: the very first thing I want to offer you is empathy I understand that the feeling is real this idea that you want to just do an end put an end to the entire game of life so Beyond my empathy and my care for you, my heart going out to you, I want to offer you this, that there is a law. There's a law in nature, which is that of seasons, right? So, in the wintertime, it's cold, right? It's freezing fucking cold in the wintertime, especially if you live in, like, the north. And it could be so cold that you're miserable. If a man was so cold and miserable that he decided that... Perhaps I should kill myself because this freezing cold misery is not worth living in. Someone might offer him the idea that, or remind him of the law, that, dude, this is, like, you've got maybe another six weeks, you've got maybe another eight weeks, and then spring's coming. Man, it's just the way it is. Things cycle through. It's just a season. Right now, I understand it's freezing fucking cold, and you feel horrible, and you feel pretty bad about this situation, but... Hang in there.
6: Seventy percent of illnesses on the planet, all kinds, are self-created. You are able to generate substantial amount of intense emotions and thoughts but in the wrong direction. You are generating thoughts and emotion which work against you, not for you. You think it's your right to throw tantrums? You think it's your right to get angry with people? You think it's your privilege to be depressed so that you'll get attention from somebody? You keep playing this, one day you will not able… you will not be able to turn back.
4: How did I get from depressed to who I am today? Because I tell you, I was depressed. When I was age 8, I used to concentrate on the things I didn't have. I wish I had arms and legs, and I wish I could do this, but what can I do? You see, I have a choice, and that's what I want to talk about today, choices. I can either be angry for not having arms and legs, or be thankful for my chicken drumstick. You see, I can still do a lot of things. At home, I can brush my teeth, comb my hair, get myself ready in the morning. I'm traveling around the world, it's amazing
3: a choice. That is what I want to live my, my my life by. You can't always be happy. Listen, I know I'm not I'm not crazy. I, I I realize the realism in always being happy. Sometimes you have to put up with some crap in your life. But if you are always striving to choose happiness, every day you wake up and you say to yourself, you know what, I am going to choose to not let the outside influences of the world affect my mood, I am going to be in charge of how I feel because I am going to choose happiness, I promise you, you will live a lot happier life. And at least, at least you can try to, right? You just have to
6: set the necessary conditions for health, necessary in- incentives for health both for yourself and your children if you have them. Do not set incentives for sickness.
3: I felt depressed. I felt miserable. I felt at times where it may be better to take my life. But with the wisdom that I've gathered in my 33 short years of life, I've come to realize that it's just a feeling. And in the same way that feeling cold is diminished, the misery of feeling cold is diminished by the insight that spring will come, is the same feeling that you should acknowledge, the same law that you should acknowledge, that no matter how miserable things are right now, it is just a season, it's going
5: to pass. The thing that keeps one living is a sense of future that there will be a tomorrow, and tomorrow I've got to do this, and then the day after I've got to do that. Not that any of these things have a particular logical purpose or a convincing reason to exist, but they somehow keep one going. In, in the words of Dorothy Parker, a, a, a great uh, wit and writer and poet, um, you might as well live.
0: thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show hope you enjoyed this episode if you enjoyed it please leave us a review on itunes as it really helps the show and don't forget to head over to the show notes at beastified.com hey everyone and check out our weekly challenge set by the guests
1: themselves and also don't forget to check out the bonus questions we ask the guests after the show in the meantime stay healthy